Welcome back to Real Talk, a podcast focused on the reality of chronic illness. Every week, I'll speak with new guests to bring you an inside perspective for Unfiltered Fridays. Here, we'll talk about dating, mental health, invisible illness stigma, balancing school with a condition, and more. I'm your host, Melody Olander. I'm a life blogger, Instagrammer, healthcare solutions grad, and founder of the nonprofit, But You Don't Look Sick. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Real Talk. Today, I'm going to be talking with Katya, also known as Positively Chronic Travels. Katya is a social media influencer with multiple chronic illnesses who focuses on sharing tips and resources for traveling while having a chronic illness. Even though we're currently in a pandemic and unable to travel, Katya and I wanted to reminisce on some of our travels while sharing tips with you all. Katya, if you don't mind starting us off, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? So hey, I'm Katia, I'm 26 and I'm from London and I'm a content creator. I used to work in film production and I have multiple chronic illnesses that I was diagnosed with around two and a half years ago. And the chronic illnesses, there's a huge range of them, but I'll just kind of touch over them. Um, So hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which it's a connective tissue disorder. So it affects literally the whole body. And specifically for me, all my joints are constantly subluxing or dislocating. Um, And then POTS, um, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which for me, it's it's a heart issue basically that affects heart rate and blood pressure when you stand up um, and it causes fainting and stuff like that a huge myriad of symptoms as well but um and then for me I also experienced chronic migraine and it's usually daily um because of again it's linked to Ehlers-Danlos syndrome so my neck is subluxing all the time so it's atlantoaxial instability is like the formal word for it um loads of allergies and Marcel issues which again kind of come in that triangle of um HDDS POTS And then also fibromyalgia, kind of widespread pain, um, chronic fatigue. So I was diagnosed with all of these conditions two and a half years ago when I was working at a film production company. And I had always wanted to travel. And obviously when I was diagnosed, it kind of put everything on hold and I had to kind of just focus on daily management. Um, And when I was looking to go away, uh, once I'd been diagnosed, I was searching for a place online that would tell me that I could travel and everything I needed to do when I was going like yeah to travel with all these chronic illnesses because obviously it adds a lot of hurdles (laughs) um and I couldn't actually find that so when I was away I started a platform called Positively Chronic Travels um basically to provide tips and resources for people who are with similar chronic illnesses um regarding travel and daily life um who are looking to um, maybe travel or just daily management stuff as well and um, yeah that's kind of how it all started <laughs> yeah and I definitely want to go further into traveling and how that is when you have a condition but before we start talking about that I kind of wanted to ask you what adjustments did you have to make when you got your condition and your diagnosis with traveling or just in your day-to-day life because I do have a lot of those same conditions that you mentioned and they do affect every part of your day-to-day life or 
of adjustments that you have to make. So what did that look like for you? So in terms of like my daily triggers, it it does kind of affect a huge range of stuff. So anything that involves bending down, opening like a heavy door, walking upstairs, that can trigger my migraines and kind of pop symptoms. Um, lifting anything heavy, which is a lot, it's very, very hard to avoid lifting anything heavy. You kind of will notice when you can't um, do it. Standing, literally just after prolonged sitting. So if you sit down for too long, then standing for me can um, be really affected. Um, like jumping and dancing, anything like that, just is an absolute no-no. Um, and then even for me, turning my neck will just trigger because of the neck instability. And so in terms of adjustments for me, it was kind of like multiple lifestyle changes. So I was working at a film production company when I was diagnosed. I'd been working there for two and a half years and there was so much stress at the company that I was just ignoring and I'm a perfectionist and a people pleaser. And I literally could not say no to my bosses. I was working in a role that they later divided into seven different roles. I just like didn't realize the boundaries that I just had to focus on self-care. And so it was kind of like a bit of a wake up call when um, I got to the point that I couldn't walk because my hips and coccyx were subluxing and I just had this chronic daily migraine I'd had for like nine months, the migraines. So for me, the adjustments, it was like a huge lifestyle change, which it, it's kind of something that you kind of have to realize that with chronic illness, it is, yeah, a lifestyle change of your perspectives and expectations on your daily routine and social life. And so for me, the focus was there is no cure, I must note as well, um, or no specific cure, uh, like medically for um, all the symptoms I have. And so the focus is on daily management of the symptoms and pain relief. So with Ehlers-Danlos, it's kind of strengthening the muscles around the joints with very, very gentle daily physio, um, maybe like walking and swimming, like very low impact if I can, because I also had kind of had deconditioning of my muscles. And that's kind of why I got so bad because I was so busy working and not focusing on any kind of exercise whatsoever. I was just like working ridiculous hours that that's kind of why I got to the point that I got to. But then just, yeah, daily symptom-specific pain relief. Um, so very, very solutions-focused because with chronic pain this, and so many different symptoms, I've kind of separated all of my symptoms into just kind of like different categories and then kind of written lists of all the things that I can do um, as like I call it in my flare-up toolkit. And then for me, I found nutrition has really, really helped with my symptoms. Obviously it varies for everybody because um, everyone is super unique. Um, but I found that because of kind of pots and a lot of inflammation in my body, higher protein and lower refined sugar um, and carbs really helps in like a diet that's really packed with like nutritious vegetables. Um, that really helps my symptoms. But obviously there's, I've got so many allergies and food sensitivities anyway. So my diet's like very restricted in that way anyway. And then I'd say it's about mindset. So just very, very solutions focused. Um, I found things to do with mental health. Obviously it can be really challenging 
with all of these conditions and all of this pain and many, many symptoms. Something that really helps me is meditation and mindfulness. And I know there's that horrible stigma of everyone saying, oh, just try yoga and it will cure your chronic illness. And that is absolutely not what I am saying or um, whatsoever, but just kind of a focus away from kind of either ruminating about the past or kind of anxiety about the future, just kind of the mindfulness and just helping focus on the moment and then just meditation just to kind of, yeah, help with mindset and uh, help change your perspective on things and just kind of I've noticed I started meditating I think around two years ago and I did it every day for like 60 days and that was just when I was in a really really bad place I'd just been diagnosed and that just helped tremendously and I think even recently it's one of those things with meditation that my brain there's something that kind of it's so good for me, but it doesn't really want me to do it. So I find it really, really hard to just sit down and meditate, even if it's five, 10 minutes. And then the days that I do meditate, it just, everything is transformed and you just feel so much better. So yeah, those are kind of the things that I've done since being diagnosed as like my adjustments, but it's very, very overall lifestyle changes that I'll kind of, it's, it's not like a temporary thing. It's like a kind of permanent change if that makes sense and that kind of leads me into my next question because I know you're a major traveler we've talked about this I love traveling and that's something that we were able to share together is the difficulties but also the positives that come with it most of the time when I talk about it people look at me like I'm crazy they're like uh did you see how sick you are and I'm like yeah but I see it as I'm going to be just as sick here in my bed or just as sick somewhere else, like in a state, you know, or a different country. Just because I'm at home doesn't mean I'm going to be less sick. So I wanted to ask you a question since I know we both have a few of the same conditions and it does make things a little bit more complicated in your day-to-day life. And it, it really is an everyday lifestyle change. I was wondering if you've always traveled and if you have, what were some changes that you had to make from before and after developing a condition with traveling? So in terms of traveling, I have traveled in the past when I was a lot younger with family, um, kind of family holidays and stuff. So I can't really, I don't think there's too many changes with that because they probably were able to help me already with suitcases and stuff like that and then there might have been a few occasions that I've flown on my own to I've got a lot of family all over the world so I might have flown to Madrid or something like that to or Peru to uh, maybe on my own and I mean my strength I think was a lot better in the past so I think I would have been able to carry my suitcase but there might have been a few holidays actually that I would go with my best friend and I'd never be able to carry my suitcase and I never understood why I couldn't lift it. And she'd always just like, I was like, oh, I, I think I'm just really weak. <laughs> um, and so she'd just help me. And yeah, I just thought I was really weak. I didn't really understand why. I think my shoulder was actually subluxing, but I didn't really realize what that was at the time. So when I, I quit my job and I wanted to do like a long-term kind of travel. So I was planning to travel for 18 months and I think it's more my expectation. So I was expecting there's the standard 
kind of year of travel that people have that you're kind of moving really fast every maybe couple of days like you go to loads and loads of different locations and you're sightseeing every day and that's the kind of normal way that people might expect travel to be and so before we went on our travels which we ended up going for three and a half months because of COVID but it was meant to be 18 months or more <laughs> um, we kind of had to research loads and loads in advance to make sure that the itinerary and location just kind of best suited symptoms and so for me it's like well for me the heat is usually beneficial for my pain um apart from pots and fatigue um which I find like compression socks and stuff help and just kind of keeping cool um when I can with aircon at least they do have aircon in hot places and then so yeah I choose to go to islands with warm water where I can like swim and snorkel um swimming is like a really good form of hydrotherapy for me and those islands need to be kind of accessible to get around with like amenities and stuff nearby so for me it was about choosing a couple of locations so for us it was islands we went to to make sure that it was like as accessible to our needs as possible um, and with like all the activities and things that we'd want to do over like whatever duration that we were going there kind of all in like as a kind of nearby location so you're not kind of moving every day and kind of cramming loads in and just kind of basically setting our expectations to make the itinerary suit us and so say you want to do um four activities over like a two-week trip I would recommend um scheduling in like at least two rest days on either side just kind of for contingency and just because symptoms can flare up a lot and so it's just like not very reasonable knowing that there are so many daily symptoms to manage if I was to travel and move about and have loads of activities on every single day it just the pain would just flare up really really badly and it would just not be very good at all for kind of wellness so it's kind of making sure that there's activities all in like a very close vicinity and the way that we did this to plan it was you know on google they've got kind of the street view so you can literally take a virtual tour of where you're going so obviously we're really really lucky to have google maps and so we kind of did this with pins on my maps, which is you kind of create an account and then you can create your own map just to plan um, your whole route and just kind of check like, oh, okay, these are all the things I want to do, make lots of dots um, on the map and then just kind of work out from there which ones are maybe too far out or which ones are like reasonable enough and like won't be like exerting you too much or causing your symptoms to flare. And I think that's important to talk about too is kind of the effects that traveling has on your body as well because I know for me traveling triggers a lot of my symptoms so like altitude changes in the plane causes my pots and my heart rate and blood pressure to go pretty crazy traveling and changing locations like it can just be exhausting so I agree trying to go to the least amount of locations really helps a lot because I've noticed when 
I'm traveling and I'm changing locations extremely quick where I'm maybe somewhere for a day and then I'm driving somewhere for eight hours the next day. And then I'm trying to sightsee the day after, like I'm miserable. I'm exhausted. Everything hurts and I'm not having fun. Whereas opposed if I'm know I'm going to be driving for eight hours one day, I plan to rest the next day, wherever I'm at. And I think that's the difference of expectations that you kind of mentioned earlier. I kind of wanted to talk to you about that and see how that was for you. Does traveling have effects on your body and how do you deal with that and kind of plan for that? Definitely. As you said, I also get increased inflammation. My joints will sublux more because um, they can sublux literally from standing up. So if say I'm doing a lot more on a on a certain day having to stand up obviously you're you're moving about loads so it like of course will flare up symptoms like migraines the pressure on the on the plane as well <laughs> with migraines or even being in places that it's like maybe harder to sleep because of sound and stuff and then not being able to get as much sleep as maybe you might be having at home and you just get post-exertional malaise which is very very common um, and many chronic illnesses just when you are kind of doing more physical activity than you might usually do. And so many, yes, just so many more environmental triggers for symptoms and way less controlled than when you're at home. So, I mean, I have, as I mentioned earlier, this flare up toolkit that kind of, I just make sure that I've packed loads of extras. So like medications and supplements or aids and supports. Um, for me, it's, pillows that really really help me snacks because of limited dietary requirements like maybe like a, for some people it might be like a walking stick or wheelchair or other mobility aids um that help you kind of go further I mean I haven't used that on a previous trip but have been considering because there are there is a lot more that they can enable you to do and obviously I get it the like you said the mobility service in the airport when that's available yeah so making sure that you've got your flare up toolkit and then just preparing your mindset that you will have to be flexible. So just like being conscious that flare ups because of obviously all of these environmental factors will probably happen, happen more often. So just preparing in your mind that you may need to be more flexible and like rest. Um, obviously you probably would have scheduled them into your itinerary already, but you also might have planned an activity and, and actually have to cancel it or sit out on it so just preparing your mindset about that because when we did go traveling I didn't do this and I kind of learned the hard way <laughs> so Rob my partner I used to be able to go out and like dance um and stuff and obviously kind of going out to bars and kind of partying isn't really that feasible with symptoms like maybe on a really good day I might be able to but with sound and light sensitivity it can be like excruciating just to be in those areas so obviously I had to sit out um whenever he'd meet people a group of people and then go out with them and I just kind of I ended up crying myself to sleep um on several nights and I kind of it took me a while to kind of realize right if you're going to be doing this like you you need to change your mindset from like oh I'm missing out to like oh this is really beneficial like it, it would be really harmful to go out on that night out probably wouldn't be able to do anything for like five days later so it was in my 
best interest not to go, but just kind of making sure, I think maybe before you go, I'm like, I wish I knew that before I left, that it's fine if you can't like go out and party, like, <laughs> and just focusing on the things that you can do and making like a nice evening out of, or out of staying behind or kind of, or day out of staying behind if you can't make it on activities, which probably will happen. And that's so real is when you have a chronic condition, you have to get used to missing out as much as it sucks. And you have to know it's in your best interest sometimes. And there's so many times that I've had to miss out and you just have to think long-term and think ahead of, is it worth it for how I'm going to feel tomorrow or next week? Is it going to trigger a flare up? And there's been plenty of times where I'm traveling and I have to stay in at the hotel and I'm doing this. I want to be included and you're upset that you can't and it sucks sometimes and it's not easy. It's not, I mean, we can both be here talking about the power of a positive mindset and mindfulness, but it doesn't mean that we don't struggle ourselves and that we still have those moments. I mean, it's just about for the most part, trying to be positive and think that you need to look in your own best interest. And I've noticed the same thing. I have too many expectations of my body, especially in the past. Lately, I've gotten much better with it of kind of listening to my body. But before I would just push myself and want to do as much as I did before. And those are the times where I would push myself to do it. And I would end up triggering an episode while doing the activity anyways, you know, and it wasn't worth it. And then when I stayed home and like you said, make a night out of it, enjoy staying in, it's changing your perspective. And my mom kind of helped me with that perspective. Like when we've traveled, we went to Europe for, I don't know, I think a month or so. And pulling, we were on the journey to go back home. So it was a couple of days in Sweden. My mom's like, all right, let's make a day out of it. Let's just order in room service at the hotel. Let's have like a self take care of yourself, you know? And we all just get a rest, stay in the hotel, watch TV, order room service and, you know, enjoy it. And that kind of shifts your perspective of, okay, it's a self-care. I'm spoiling myself as opposed to thinking, oh, I'm in Sweden and I can't go out because I'm exhausted and I'm sick. Like, and being no perspective is always easy. And sometimes when you're in those crappy mindsets, you need a reminder, whether it's yourself reminding you or someone else in your life being that reminder for you. It's knowing that you're going to end up having those side effects. You're going to keep having this condition. You're going to keep having these rough days, but your mindset is really what's going to get you through it. And I mean, like, it's still worth it to travel with a condition or some people listening might be like, well, if you know that it does all this, why are you still doing it? And what's your perspective there? From my point of view, obviously, if you don't like traveling, then obviously don't go because not everybody likes traveling um, and that's absolutely fine. Um, but if obviously, if you do want to travel um, to see new places and explore or just like visit types of locations that you love 
or like a climate that's a lot harder than maybe for able-bodied people there's a lot more hurdles there's a lot more factors that just might trigger symptoms um that just might be more challenging but if you want to then absolutely like that there like where there's a will there's a way way <laughs> i think you need to find a way to make it work and just really plan ahead i think that's one of the main things that we've both talked about is how important it is to plan and don't have the assumption that wherever you're going is going to have whatever you need, whether it's band-aids for your treatment, alcohol pads, bring whatever it is for your trip and bring like double, I always say, because you don't know if you're going to end up there. You don't know if you're going to end up there longer than you intended to. You don't know if they're even going to have those same items for sale in the country that you're going to or the location that you're going to. And then I always say too, for your medical equipment to try and keep it in your carry-on if possible, because it is always possible, especially traveling out of the country that your suitcase or luggage does get lost when they end up booking it and putting it underneath the plane. And the last thing you want is the medications that you need on a day-to-day basis or that are really important for your well-being to be getting lost. And there's been cases where people don't get their suitcases back for months or they don't get it back at all. And the last thing you want is for that to be for your medication. So I always keep that in my carry-on and keep that with me. If you're going to check something, check your clothes, stuff that you can live without if it does get lost, not your medication, and really just bring extra, plan ahead. If those were the times that I've gotten screwed over while traveling is not planning ahead or having different expectations. Mm -hmm. Like there's been times where I'm traveling in the winter and I assume everywhere I'm going is going to be cold. And that's not necessarily true. (laughs) Some locations are especially when you're changing locations frequently. Like I went from Iceland to where it was in the negatives and then went over to Italy to where it was super warm. And I was dressed for the negative still landed in Italy. And I was like overheating and didn't pack warm clothes because I wasn't planning on that. So I remember buying the first t-shirt that I saw, like as soon as I landed, that was like an extra large (laughs) t-shirt. (laughs) I was like just get these sweaters off of me and if I would have planned a little bit better and looked into that that would have helped because for me heat triggers flare-ups if I get too hot so really just planning and knowing what you're gonna need and even what you might not need like if you think you might need it or you might not need it bring it anyways. There's been so many times where I'm like, oh, but I rarely end up needing this. And it's like, just bring the damn thing. You're going to end up needing it. Wrap it about traveling. And is there any other advice that you want to give to the people listening or any? Just kind of summarizing all the kind of stuff that we've maybe discussed. Um, Advice. So kind of moving a lot slower, moving less frequently scheduling in days for rest like around activities 
um flying or traveling kind of like moving days um and there are loads of activities for you to do kind of in one area um, so that you don't have to move loads of times um and having your symptom specific pain relief toolkit to hand um obviously with ones that you might not like the precautionary things like even if it's not kind of a regular thing that you take as you just said um touching mobility surfaces or the accessibility of locations before you leave um and then just kind of prioritizing your mental and physical health and just not putting too much pressure on yourself to do too much and just remembering that relaxation and rest is still productive um all of that travel next because that jumps into gonna ask if you're going crazy staying in one place from the pandemic because I'm like I know that I keep looking at different places I want to travel to and I'm like oh soon soon (laughs) (laughs) we were actually planning on either Maldives um to go to the islands for a little bit because like we said love the water love the beach and also either back to Italy or Spain I love Italy so much I think it's gorgeous the people are amazing I love oh my god if you guys have Tropez I think it's gorgeous it's just such a peaceful location so I don't know when all this is over I want to go back to Italy for sure I I miss it over there and I miss the people <laughs> and the pizza maybe and pasta <laughs> oh my god I had so much pizza oh, we were in Italy and oh my god it was so good now I come back here and I'm like it's not the same <laughs> it's not the same at all <laughs> and you just you just mentioned the Maldives um I actually went um to the Maldives traveling style and um, but if you do want to go on like a just a holiday there was a resort that we went to so I wasn't obviously sure if I could travel I'd been diagnosed I think it was like maybe eight months later and as like a test for the travels we went to this um kind of all-inclusive you know like the island is the kind of resort it was 10 minutes from um the airport um and there were like buggies and it was like all fully flat like you could have a wheelchair there they were so accessible for f- food and stuff the requirements and stuff oh my god that is such a funny coincidence yeah because I had no idea that you had just been there so you're definitely gonna have to either tag me or send me that video and we'll yeah. share it with others because I'm interested to see that because that's definitely one place I've been wanting to go and we were looking at it right before the pandemic hit and then we just kind of kept pushing it back and now it's been like a year and I'm like one day we're gonna travel again (laughs) one day like a package holidays I recommend I'm not saying go to the Maldives everyone but um especially if you don't necessarily like the heat or beaches but um just pass where they have everything organized or if you're having a flare-up um you can literally just someone on reception and they can I don't know bring you room service or something like that I think that's like a very accessible way to travel and like if people were looking to travel alone um without of enabling people who might not be able to you mention sorry. that too because I think a lot of people hear the words all-inclusive and they're assuming extremely expensive and that's not always the case when you're going to these other countries like a lot of mm-hmm. them are extremely affordable and I mean some islands you can go to and ten dollars a day in U.S. money you're set you know and 
and just looking ahead and seeing if that is an option because you're right sometimes it is and the times where I've done that it's much more affordable at times than even buying individual meals you know like Mm -hmm. when you're traveling you're buying three meals a day or drinks going and exploring activities and when you're doing all these inclusive things like the transportation will be there for you all your meals are included your drinks are included and it cuts down on a lot of prices that you've already paid for so Mm -hmm. say it's I don't know, $1,000, you can plan for that ahead of time, pay it off ahead of time before you go and know while you're on that trip, you don't have anything necessarily to pay for. You don't have to pay for extra transportation or food or doing some of these activities because they've already been included. So I think that's super important to mention as well. And that just adds a whole other feature to accessibility and making it a little bit easier and not so intimidating um not paying it's more like the the fact that organized you can kind of know what to expect and when there are so many factors to consider it can be really can probably trigger a lot of anxiety so if you kind of have it just all in a package like you know that you don't have to go I don't know drive 20 minutes to a restaurant and if you're flaring up you won't be able to get to the restaurant if it's not like included in the location you're staying you know so just kind of having everything there for the days that you're not so mobile or or whatever I think yeah that's just another way I only want to see that video because now it's just going to make my travel bug even worse so thank <laughs> you for that I appreciate it <laughs> it'll be worth oh. it when you go <laughs> oh my god I know I'm excited that's what I'm waiting the most for this pandemic to be over I just want to travel again I just want to start seeing other places again (laughs) I've been like virtually traveling I watch those there's so many videos on YouTube that you can just watch like either, either beaches or just like montage videos of locations and I find myself just spending entire evenings like essentially traveling just like virtually um, and that really does actually, because obviously the power of visualiz- visualization um, have an impact on your brain. So, um, and your brain can't really tell the difference of like what it sees and and just by watching a video of like a beach, like it feels like it's there. So um, <laughs> at least like in lockdown, that's how I've kind of been getting through it. Um, and that's what I did also when I was researching to travel for two years. Like I just, every evening I'd be researching and then I just like, kind of look at these videos and and just things that make me feel good and like where I'd rather be (laughs) and it it definitely helps it does help I think it's a part of planning that makes it I don't know a little bit more fun and worth it when you finally (laughs) go like Mm -hmm. I know I love doing that because I find those pictures or those locations and then I start googling other pictures and other people's like reactions and reviews to going that to that place and then I add it to my list of places I want to visit and then when you finally get there it's crazy and worth it and like you see all the pictures in real life and Mm -hmm. I don't know it makes waiting for it like worth it I guess and almost gives you something to look look forward forward. to yeah exactly as opposed (laughs) to 
much for having an honour to be part of this podcast. I love your account and the awareness that it brings to the chronic illness community. Um, so inspired some of you, um, some of you that it is possible um, to travel with chronic illness, even if it's just in a different way. Um, thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> Of course. And can you let everyone know where they can find you on Instagram? And I know you have a website as well. So if you want to mention that as well for everyone. Yeah. So it's Positively Chronic Travels on Instagram. And then my website's positivelychronictravels.com. Um, and also a YouTube channel um, that I'm starting to upload some videos more recently um, is again, Positively Chronic Travels. <laughs> I love it. And I will make sure to link it on our podcast so everyone listening will be able to find you and thank you so much for joining us today I had so much fun getting to talk with you and getting to reminisce a little bit on traveling because I know we're both missing it like crazy 